Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. I'm uh, Mike Walters covering the Ducks here for you along with my co-host Eddie Jones. And each week we bring to you action about the Ducks and NHL. Uh, We recap the games and preview what's going on for the uh, upcoming week, along with injury updates and news. And we also take your fan questions. So sit tight and hold on. We're going to go through this last week and get you some info. Um, This week wasn't too bad uh, for the Ducks. You know, they did better uh, against uh, the three opponents, uh, New York, Boston, and New Jersey this week. They won two out of three, Eddie. And the uh, first game, the Ducks uh, took on the New Jersey Devils, which uh, the game started out uh, 0-0 at the end of the first period. It looked like it was going to be a tight uh, battle and maybe a low-scoring game. And then uh, the second period, the Ducks exploded. The Kessler line basically uh, went off. And uh, from then on, Eddie, the uh, the Ducks dominated the Devils and ended up winning 7-1. to Yeah, and you knew going into this game that if you scored you know, three or four goals, um, it's gonna be you're gonna make it really hard on New Jersey to come back and, and, and get into this game. They don't score a ton of goals. Uh, I believe they're still last in the league in goal scoring. You know the the Ducks were there at one point and, and and they turned it around. But you know New Jersey struggled all season. Camilleri's still out for them, um, and, and it's tough. I, I mean they got some guys going now. I mean Devontae Smith Pelly he scored against the for, for New Jersey against the Ducks in that game and he had three points the other night. He's got nine points now in seven games for them. So he's turned into a a real goal scorer for them, but I mean, you know, this this game was was one of the best games all season for the Ducks. Uh, I mean, the goal scoring was there, goaltending was there, everything was going right for them in this game, and obviously, you see that in, in the final score. Yeah, exactly. You you got to see uh, Silverberg score his first career hat trick. You also saw Nick Ritchie finally get his first NHL goal. Uh, very exciting. You know, I was a little upset with myself. I didn't, I didn't bring my hat. <laughs> I was upgraded uh, with my buddy Richard. We sat down lower, and uh, I had it there for the Perry game, and that one ended up on the ice, but not not this time, Eddie. But, you know, still, it was great to see Silverberg get the hat trick um, and, and Richie to finally get his first goal, you know, get that monkey off his back. And you know, the biggest stat, too, that uh, stood out to me in this game, Eddie, was the, uh, the faceoff wins. The Ducks dominated in the circle, winning 42 of the 59 face-offs. I mean, they just destroyed the Devils, controlled the play, and obviously it showed up on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, you know, they were taking advantage of some young players playing center uh, in New Jersey. And, and, yeah, I mean, Kessler and Getzloff. And, I mean, the Ducks have been good in face-offs all year, but when you can get a game and, and dominate pretty much everything, as you, know, you mentioned face-offs, but they dominated in every aspect of this game. Uh, I mean, there was nothing you could really fault them for. I mean, Devontae Smith-Pelly does get a goal uh, to tie the game right after Cogliano did, but they ended up scoring three more before the halfway mark, and then you jump into the third period, and, and they jump on, on Keith Kincaid again and, and score two more goals, uh, and, and he gets pulled, and then a minute later, uh, Silverberg uh, scores uh, on uh, Jan Denis to, to make it 7-1, but... You know, this is something we've we've waited to see from Silverberg. Uh, not to say that his play has been bad, but you know, to to say this is his first hat trick is, is a little bit surprising. I mean, we we've expected him to to produce offensively for a while now since coming over in the Bobby Ryan trade, and it, you know, it's nice to see him have such a great night and and that line just just dominated the whole game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically the Kessler line won this game for the Ducks. I mean, they they just went off, scoring almost every single goal in this game, except uh, for Perry and Richie. They both got a goal each. 
in the third, but all the rest came from them. So it was a good game for the Ducks. Uh, they you know, set a record this season, uh, seven goals in one game. Um, so it was an exciting game, and it was definitely uh, not a stressful game, especially in the third period. Um, the Ducks then turned to face the New York Rangers on Wednesday night, and this was a completely different game, Eddie. Uh, this one was a defensive battle. Uh, the Ducks started out well. Jamie McGinn got a goal uh, in the first period, and the Ducks were up one nothing after the first period. But uh, it was a tight battle. Um, you know, not a lot of shots in this one. Twenty three apiece for each team, and uh, unfortunately, the Ducks just came up short in this one. I, I you know, they they could have played a little bit better. Uh, too many turnovers, uh, some missed shots on net. But um, it was unfortunate. I really thought the Ducks could at least go to overtime and, and get a point in this game. Yeah, you, you know, you really felt that they, they could have made it out there. Obviously, you know, Klein getting a, a little bit of a lucky bounce on that last goal. But, yeah, I mean, both teams just came out and decided to play a defensive game in this one. And, you know, it it really showed. I mean, we expected uh, Ronta to probably get the start with, with the Kings playing the, the Rangers the night after. And, you know, you were you would expect uh, them to come out hot and, and, you know, fire a bunch of shots on net and trying to get to the backup. But it didn't happen. And, you know, to Toronto's credit, he had a, a really good game and, the Rangers walked a, a ton of shots as well, and you know it, they just couldn't squeak out that point. It would have been really nice to to see them actually, you know, finish this game with at least a point, or not, if not more. Yeah, I mean, it was just a little bit frustrating, like you said, that last you know goal. It uh, goes off Lindholm's skate, ends up on Klein's stick, and you know if it doesn't hit his skate, maybe the pass doesn't connect, or uh, you know Klein doesn't get the shot off, or whatnot. So it was you know a little bit of a lucky break there for New York. Uh, at the end, especially at the end of the game, too, you know, in the third period there, uh, with only five, six minutes left to go. Um, so a little unfortunate, and, and the Ducks uh, had to turn um, turn it on uh, when they went to play uh, Boston on Friday night, which, you know, the Ducks had success against Boston earlier in the season. They won 6-2. to two. And then this one, the, uh, the Ducks really went at it, Eddie. They got two early goals, two late goals, and, and they went on to route uh, Boston 4 nothing. Yeah, you know, Jamie McGinn, he scores the first goal in this game, too, for the Ducks, uh, scoring in back-to-back games, you know, doing what uh, Bob Murray brought him in to do is, is crash the net, gets a little bit of a lucky bounce off McQuaid and, and then off his uh, shin, I believe, and, and into the net. And, you know, that's what they brought him in to do, and he's crashing the net and getting goals now, which is, which is good for him, too. And, you know, Kessler capitalizes on a pretty good rebound off, after, I mean, a, a great burst of speed from Coglano. I think we're all used to that now and, and how quick he is. And, you know, they, they, they just had a strong game all around. I mean, Boston had their chances. I, I think this was one of Freddie's best games of the season. He stopped 38 shots for the shutout and you know, really staked his claim to, to be the number one goalie going into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And we've, we've got some fan questions about that. We're going to cover that in a little bit, too. Uh, Freddie definitely played, I, I think, if not his best game uh, you know, ever. Well, it's definitely top five. I mean, he stood on his head. He blocked all the shots. Uh, he had some big saves. I mean, Boston did, you know, have some quality scoring chances despite the Ducks winning four nothing. Um, so they had their opportunities, but just couldn't get it done. And uh, and we had a little bit of excitement in this game too. Uh, you got to see Stoner go against the Chara there uh, when things got a little bit uh, rowdy in the third period. And uh, <laughs> a little interesting. You, you saw Chara take a couple swings. Stoner ducks. Uh, goes underneath and, and does the MMA takedown, Eddie. And uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that wasn't really a fight. Well, yeah, it wasn't a fight. But, uh, you know, Stoner was pretty smart. He, he didn't take any punches. And, you know, he was also merciful, too. I mean, he could have decked Char when he was down. But, you know, he, he showed respect there and let it go. 
Yeah, and I mean, kudos to him for, for taking on the, the big guy. And I mean, the, probably the biggest guy in the league right now. I, I don't think anyone would want to fight him. But, you know, Stoner's got to do what he can. He, he's got to use the tools that he has to, to try and stay in this Ducks lineup. I mean, Josh Manchin has excelled, and, you know, we don't really see him uh, being scratched, or I don't think he can even be sent down at, at this point. And, you know, he's got to do what he can to stay in the lineup. And, and you know, right now, if that's taken on uh, a guy like Char, then, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, it was definitely a highlight. And, and if you haven't seen it, you can go on the our YouTube uh, channel, youtube.com slash Ducks and Pucks podcast. It's up on there. and uh, It's also in the game recap, too, on ducksandpucks.com. So you can go watch it. Oh, and it's Twitter, too. So you can watch it wherever. It's all over the place. We plastered it because we <laughs> knew that people would be excited if, if you weren't at the game or, you know, by chance you missed it. Um, a little bit of news, too, to mention about our podcast. Uh, we actually picked up a couple sponsors uh, in this last week. Uh, so this podcast, we have one sponsor on, and then we'll have one for another uh, couple of the episodes. So there's some people out there that like to listen to Eddie because, you know, Eddie knows what he's talking about. And uh, I, I kind of do sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of the way it goes. But, no, in all seriousness, we, we do appreciate it. We, we picked up a couple sponsors and I uh, just wanted to mention that this one is brought to you by the East Hills Cleaners, which is located in Anaheim Hills on 8285 East Santa Ana Canyon Road, um, which is at the, the corner of Santa Ana Canyon Road and, and Weir Canyon off the 91 freeway. And uh, they've been in business since 1990. Uh, they're very affordable. They're um, you know, good cleaners to go check out. And they're also their phone number is 714-998-5199. And additionally, you can check them out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash east cleaners so check them out they're our first sponsor we have another one coming up next week we really appreciate it if you do want to sponsor a show you can always send us an email or hit us up on social media and, and we'll give you some pricing and talk about things like that um you know some some people recently uh, eddie talked about our show and uh, had mentioned to myself that uh it, you know it's a great show and that they like it and um, also how we make money. And I, <laughs> I kind of laughed. I told him, well, we don't really make money. I mean, this is our first sponsor this time around. So, um, you know, it's just nice to have and we really appreciate it. And uh, with that, we'll get back to the action here. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff uh, going on this week in, in terms of uh, fan questions, uh, things about the lineup, uh, what's going to happen down the stretch, the playoffs. I, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. You guys want to know a lot about everything, which is great. And we're going to get to some of these questions here. Uh, I, I think the biggest one, um, and we were just talking about it uh, with Freddie's play in the Boston game, and we've had two or three questions on here about this, is you know who is going to be the Ducks' starting goalie? Uh, what about the two-game rotation, uh, the 1A, the 1B goalie, all of that? I'm kind of just summarizing here a bunch of questions. But I'll kind of go a little bit first on this, Eddie, and I, and I think most will agree that um, you know the two-goalie rotation has worked. It's done well. The Ducks have been winning. Yeah, they lost a couple games recently. But uh, as the playoffs come, I think it's time to pick somebody. And I think it's time to pick Anderson. Uh, you got to look at the way he's played, Eddie. Um, going back to December 21st, that was the first game, um, not the first game, but the most recent game where he had a poor performance. He gave up three goals and 11 shots. But since then, he's been stellar. I mean, he's gone 15-1-2 and since that December 21st game. Uh, and he's just played outstanding. Um, and that's the guy who I would go with, Eddie, if you look at. Um, he also leads the league um, in, in starting goalies since the 21st uh, in goals against and save percentage with 1.77 goals against and 9.37 save percentage. And I'm not knocking Gibson at all. Gibson's a great goalie too, but I just think right now Anderson's been playing a little bit better, and, and that's the guy we should go with, Eddie. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can't discount those numbers. Uh, I mean, he's if he's been the best goalie since Christmas, how do you not go with him to go in the playoffs? That means he's not only better than, than Gibson, he's done better than Gibson has. He's done better than everybody. Um, and if you want to ride anybody into the playoffs, you'd want to ride the hottest guy and the guy who's doing the best over the longest period of time. And, and right now that's Freddie. And, and we saw that in the game against Boston. And, and he really hasn't had... You know, a game where he struggled, uh, I mean, maybe you could say the St. Louis game, but some of the goals weren't his fault. There was a lot of turnovers. It, it was kind of tough to, to, you know, really put any blame on him in that. And, and other than that, he's, he's been, you know, close to perfect um, in each game that he's played since then. You know, the, the record speaks for itself. Um, and, and like you said, I, I think if you got to go with somebody right now, you, you got to go with Freddie. Yeah, I agree. And it looks like Gibson is probably going to go in the Winnipeg game. We'll see because, you know, obviously Anderson went in the Boston game because Gibson wasn't feeling well. But uh, I did have a a friend today go to practice and and give me some updates. I was busy running around doing some personal stuff. I I do have a life outside hockey somewhat, but uh, a friend went and told me that Gibson uh, was practicing uh, very well today and looked very sharp, looked like he's ready to go. So it looks like Gibson will go in that game um, against the Jets uh, tomorrow, which don't forget, we will have a watch party for that as well at uh, El Ranchito in Orange. If you haven't been down there, it's in the Orange Circle. I'll post some more stuff on the internet and whatnot uh, tonight and obviously uh, on the day of the games, and so that way you guys can all know about it. But if you can come out and check it out, that'd be great. I know it's a Sunday and it's at 12, so if you get done with church and hopefully you want to come over and, and, and watch some hockey, we'll be there. Um, but with that, you know, we got more questions too as well. Uh, you know, I guess the biggest other questions is about injuries that uh, we had. Melissa asked about Sammy Botnin and when he's coming back. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't heard anything uh, really uh, other than he's day to day, you know, upper body injury. He took that uh, elbow to the head, and I really think that it, you know, it could be something similar to uh, Dupree getting hit in the head. And, you know, I, I don't know that. I'm just saying based upon you know uh, Dupree getting elbowed in the head as well. So maybe something like that where. I, you know, it may take a little bit of time before Botnan comes back. We're, we're really not sure. Um, we did see Bieksa come back in the game on Friday against Boston. Uh, we also know that Thompson is out as well, Eddie, with a lower body injury. And this kind of leads into the other question uh, that we had from Thomas, too, as well. He asks about the lineups and, and, and what do we think we'll see when everybody's healthy. Um, and what do you think? I, you know, it's going to be interesting because we still have Stewart, too, that's out there ready to come back. And we saw him running up the ramp on Honda Center. If you didn't see it on Twitter, one of the uh, athletic trainers I follow, I commented on it. But it looks like he's going to be back too soon, Eddie. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, starting with Sammy Vodnan, um, I think the Ducks really felt, uh, you know, the the ill was of his loss. Um, in, in the first few games, we saw them play Colorado and St. Louis, where they lost both of those games, and they were struggling sending defensemen into the rush, especially against St. Louis. You would, there'd be times where only the only guys forward were the three forwards, and you know guys were trying to jump into the play, and it you know it just wasn't the same. I mean that that's where Vatn has been the best for the Ducks this year is, is jumping up into the play and becoming that fourth man forward. And I think they missed him for those games. Uh, you know they've they've kind of turned it around as of late and, and figured a way around that and, and have obviously been able to put up a lot of goals uh, over the past three games, especially, uh, I mean, the, the game against New Jersey is helping that a lot. Uh, but putting against four against uh, Boston as well, they, they, they've they kind of turned it around a bit. But having him back is going to be a big boost for the Ducks, especially for their power play, which, I mean, remarkably is still tied for first in, in the NHL. But, you know, getting all everybody back healthy is is just going to make this team even better, which is is got to be scary for some of the other teams teams around the league. I mean, 
you know, we just beat up on, on New Jersey 7-1, beat the Bruins, who are, who are doing pretty well lately, 4 nothing. So to get a guy like Stewart back, uh, who's like, you know, a top-nine player, and, and, you know, to get Thompson back for the fourth line, and, and obviously to get Vaughton back is going to you know, give a huge boost to this team heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Ducks do with the lineup because another thing that was uh, noticed today at practice was Getzloff and Perry skated with McGinn again today at practice, which uh, Bujo switched up and put uh, Getzloff and Perry back together, which if you remember, they hadn't uh, done that going all the way back to uh, January when they played the Kings. Uh, they had uh, switched it up and split them in that third period um, back on uh, January 17th when the Ducks, you know, they lost that game, but they, they split them up and they've kept them split since that time. So Friday was the first game we saw them back together with McGinn. Obviously it worked. I mean, they, they scored right away. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see since they practice today, uh, you know, uh, uh, together again, I think the lineup is going to stay the same, at least for this next, uh, you know, couple games maybe. We'll see if anything changes. But it's going to be interesting when Stewart comes back because then the question is, is do you go back to the getzloff Peron stewart line? And I think that's something that's going to be a big question because if, if you don't, if you stay with McGinn, Perry, and uh, Getzloff, then it's going to kind of throw a wrench at you. I kind of think that's where the lineup's going to kind of teeter because you keep uh, Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg together. We, you know, we've seen that line together almost the whole season. Um, and then the fourth line, you know that's going to be Horkoff, Thompson, uh, Santarelli, Garbutt, those kind of guys are going to be down most likely on the fourth line. So I really think it's it's going to teeter on whether or not they want to go with Getzloff and Perry together or they want to split them up. Yeah, and you got to remember too, this is not a bad problem to have. I mean, this just shows the depth that the Ducks have and, and you know the ability to to move guys around and and really create a, a new look uh, against uh, different opponents. I mean, you can really surprise some teams who you know have watched film and and been ready for one type of Ducks team, and then you bring out another one. Um, I think it really helps out in that aspect. I mean, you could throw Gatslot, Perry, and McGinn together, and you know, obviously put the the twins together, and really surprise the team, and you know, just overload them with that one line, or or you could separate them, which we've seen, you know, which I've personally liked, and and, and it's worked out for that long stretch where they actually separated Getzloff and Perry. And we saw Perry playing with, with Raquel and, and Getzloff playing with Perron for the majority of that time. And, you know, I, I would like to see Getzloff, Perron and Stewart uh, when Stewart comes back and he's healthy and, you know, Perry go back down with Raquel and, and maybe send McGinn down to that line. And, and I, I think it just, it, it just disperses the skill, disperses the size and it really gives you, you know, three, even four lines where you can roll it and they can do the job effectively. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think the best part about this is the Ducks have a balanced attack. They can roll all four lines. And, you know, they can make an in-game change if they have to. And we've seen that a couple times. And, you know, we saw that against the Kings back in January. But we've seen it in a few other games along the way, too. So, you know, and that's part of the matchup. That's part of being a good coach is being able to change the lines, too, uh, during the game when it's not working. We've seen some of the other coaches, the Kings and the Sharks, and, and I'm sorry, the Kings and the Hawks actually uh, do that in the playoffs the best, um, and that's what the Ducks are probably going to have to do, and that gives us uh, you know some more of our questions here that uh, aim at the playoffs as well. Um, we had Darren asks about the Ducks uh, going to the playoffs, who would they want to face in the first round, and we talked about this. I know Dan Wood and Steve Carroll talked about this. Uh, I, we really want them to win the division, not so much that they need to win the division, but then they would end up, you know, facing someone probably in central, 
uh, and probably Minnesota is probably the one I think we mentioned before that we would like them to see. Uh, the way it's going now, you know, there's 12 games to go. They're four points behind. Um, the Kings are in action tonight, so that may or may not change. But uh, I don't know. It, you know, it looks like the Ducks may play the Sharks in the first round, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, either way, it's not a you know, it's an easy trip to the final if that's where they're you know, obviously that's where they would like to go and and they'd end up like into to win the Stanley Cup. But you know, it's not easy. You most likely got to play the Sharks in the first round if they can turn it around and, and win the, the Pacific Division for the fourth straight year. Uh, you've still got, like you said, the Wild possibly, um, or the, the the Nashville Predators waiting for you. And Nashville is slowly, you know, easing away from the rest of the wild card teams and really solidifying that that number one wild card spot. And you know, if the Ducks end up winning the Pacific, that's who they're going to face. Um, and, and Colorado has actually moved in over top of Minnesota right now, and, and they look likely to play whoever wins the Central, um, unless, you know, the Ducks can catch one of those Central teams in points, which is going to be tough with only 12 games remaining. But, you know, it's just not easy. Uh, any of those three teams that they have to face is going to be tough, and then you look at a second-round matchup possibly against the Kings, yeah, if they can beat, uh, you know, their wild-card team, and, and then you've got a heavyweight division, uh, Central Division team waiting for you in the third round, and, you know, Chicago, Dallas, St. Louis, take your pick, and if you manage to get all the way to the final there, I mean, it's a realistic chance. You, you probably got to face the league's best team in the Washington Capitals. I don't think anybody's betting against them in the East. You know, that that's a tough road to the, to the Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I think the Ducks can do it, um, but, you know, they're going to have to dig deep and, and, you know, win a lot of close games. Yeah, and that's kind of another question that uh, George asked us. He, he said, you know, the Ducks have gone one round further each year, uh, you know, in the last three postseasons. And do you think they'll make it to the Stanley Cup final this year? Um, I mean, I, I really think that they can make it. I, and I think it's going to depend on a couple things here. Uh, one is the team's got to be 100% healthy. Um, like we said, Vaughn and Thompson, they got to get back. Stewart's got to get back. Uh, I think that they will be all back by the time the playoffs start and the Ducks will be ready to roll. And, and you know, obviously pending, we don't want anything to happen between now and then. It's only a couple weeks to go. But that, that's the first thing is the team's got to stay healthy uh, going to the playoffs. Two is they're going to have the depth if they're healthy. They're going to have the balanced attack, and as long as they are able to keep rolling the four lines and scoring, then they should do fine as far as the playoffs. They should be able to go deep. Um, then the third thing, and we've mentioned it before, and, and you know, you know, it's kind of been beating a dead horse, but it's the goalie situation. You know, Boudreaux's going to have to pick one and roll with it. And if he's going to go with Gibson, then go with Gibson. If he goes with Freddie, goes with Freddie. Um, and, you know, I already gave my stance, or both of us gave our stance on that. So those are kind of my three things that I look at, Eddie. I mean, obviously matchups, I mean, you can't always control the matchups. You just don't know. you got to keep just playing the games and winning. You can't always worry about who's winning and who's losing, uh, you know, with the exception, obviously, of the Kings because we're trying to, you know, um, catch them at first. But other than that, those are my top three things that if they fall into place, I think the Ducks can go far this year. Yeah, and you look at, uh, you know, you mentioned how they've gone farther and farther each of, of, of the past few years. And, you know, they've they've added things to their game in each of those years. I mean, they've they've added depth by bringing in Ryan Kessler. They, they've added size. They've, add, they've you know, added the ability to actually effectively roll four lines, uh, bringing in Gibson and Freddie. Uh, last year to to start and be number one goaltenders and this year I think the thing that has changed and that will take them that next step further is playing that defensive style which is now creating offense for them but they're they're in the top 10 in the league and possibly top five in goals against per game still and you look at the teams who have won the, the Stanley Cup over the last five years all of them have been either one or two 
um, and goals against per game at the end of the season. Another thing, too, is the special teams. I mean, that's something we haven't seen in a long time where both sides of special teams have been so good. And right now, the Ducks are leading the league in both categories. They're, they're leading the league in penalty kill by 3% right now, which is, which is a lot over the New York Islanders. And they're tied for first with the league's best team, the Washington Capitals, in power play. And that's something we haven't seen in a long time. We always wondered over the past few seasons is how is how is the power play so bad? I mean, the, the, we've got the skill on this team. Uh, I mean, Getzloff, Perry, Raquel, you know, guys who, who should be able to score on the power play, and it just hasn't happened. And, and this year it's clicked, and, and you know, credit to, to whoever's running the power play right now. But, uh, I mean, that that's the step forward this year that the Ducks needed to take, and I think that's what's going to take them further into the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I agree, Eddie. Uh, you know, the special teams, like you talked about, is huge. And, and when you're leading the league in both, I mean, th- that's amazing because usually teams you'll see, they'll be very good at one or the other or, or maybe great at one and maybe okay at the other. But, you, you know, you don't always see a team up there in the you know top five in both, you know, for so long. And like you said, the Ducks defense, the whole season has been there. It was the offense in the beginning that we had the issue with. Um, the only other concern, really, I would I would say would be game seven, which – you know, everybody, of course, brings that up because it's been three years in a row. And, you know, you all know the story. don't really need to repeat it. But my concern is not really Game 7. I don't worry about Game 7. I worry about the Ducks closing out teams in Game 6s. And I, I try to harp on that a lot because that's what happened before these three Game 7s. They lost a Game 6 when they could have closed it out all three times, Detroit, L.A., and uh, the Hawks. So to me... If for some reason they get to that situation again, you know, it may not be like last year where you beat Winnipeg and Calgary in four or five games. You know, we may not see that right away. We may face the Sharks right away and go to a seven-game series or a six-game series or whatever. But that's probably the only other thing I would say, Eddie, is is all the other stuff we've got going, like we mentioned, you know, getting healthy, the depth, the special teams has all been great. Um, but they, the goalie and the team need to win uh, those closeout games, especially if the game six, I don't care if it's on the road or at home. Yeah, and, and you know they've got experience in those situations now, which which never hurts. Uh, I mean, you know, Freddie's been there now. Uh, the, the whole team was there, obviously, last year and, and suffered that game seven loss. And like you said, the game six loss um, uh, against the Blackhawks, where they could have closed it out, and, and it's tough to be in those situations. But when you go through those, and, and you know the, they're going to learn from those situations, and hopefully this year, if they get in that situation to close it out, you know they have the experience to reach back and say, you know, remember when this happened last year? We, you know, we couldn't go into the game seven, could have closed it out in game six. You know, they'll, they'll look back to that and, and hopefully be able to move on from that this year. I agree, and it's going to be exciting. I mean, the Ducks are in the thick of things now. Uh, you know, most likely they're going to end up in first or second in the Pacific. We're going to have to see how it plays out. You know, they are going to play the Kings one more time, uh, you know, right there towards the end of the season. You know, the Ducks also get Washington at the very last game of the season, which, you know, I, I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm pretty sure in that game, you know, Washington's not going to play most of their players. Um, you know, we may not either. It depends on what happens. But, uh, you know, we may be able to, you know, pull that game out. Uh, if it gets in a situation where you know we're right there with the Kings and, and say Washington rests their uh, players in that game, Eddie. Yeah, I think it all depends. Uh, I mean, like you said, Washington has already clinched a playoff spot. I mean, it won't be long before they start resting players soon. Uh, you know, they'll, 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 I think they're working on clinching up uh, the Eastern Conference and, and most likely the President's Trophy. And when you see them do that, 
Uh, you'll see a lot of guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, you know, they'll sit the last few games of the season. And, you know, we might get lucky in that game, be able to pick up a couple of points if we're close against a team like that. And, and if we're in the race still for the Pacific Division lead, which is, you know, looking to shape up to, to most likely be the situation, uh, we could benefit from, from a team playing a team like that uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, and, and if you look at the schedule coming up this week, and, you know, I, I don't want to get too confident, but the Ducks are going to go on this Canadian road trip, and they're going to be playing teams that aren't, aren't necessarily contending teams. You know, they're going to go to Winnipeg. Uh, you got Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Edmonton. And then they come back home against Calgary to close out this month. I mean, these are games that, you know, I'm not going to say the Ducks are going to go 6-0 and, and zero on all these. But, I mean, the Ducks should definitely win four or five of these games coming up here, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. And I, I honestly think the toughest game is going to be the one coming up on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they have been struggling as of late, but they're relatively healthy. Mark Scheifele's playing really well for them lately. Uh, Marco Dano, who's coming from, from the Blackhawks in the Andrew Ladd trade, has been good for them. And I think they're trending upwards right now with a lot of their younger players. Um, and I think that's going to be the toughest game. And that, you know that's going to set the, the mark for, for the next few games coming up. And you know, after that, uh, I mean, Montreal just lost five nothing uh, to to the Senators um, tonight. So I I think you know realistically the the, the matchups in these games are, are in Anaheim's favor. Uh, I mean, Turris is out for Ottawa, uh, Bozak and, and Kadri are, are not in for for the Leafs. So you've got you know matchups, uh, pretty easy matchups for the likes of Ryan Kessler and Ryan Getzloff and you know all the centers in the Ducks organization. You know you're going to be going up against younger guys and, and more inexperienced guys in the faceoff dot, and you're going to control the game. I mean the Ducks control the game really well in, in the possession stats, and it's going to be a lot easier in, in these types of games against younger teams and you know teams who, who are really on the outside looking in right now. So you know the Ducks should win those three games heading down uh, into Ontario and against Montreal. So I, I, I think this should should be able to, the chance the Ducks should take to, to start catching the Kings. Yeah, I agree. This week, you know, it's going to be a good week. I, I feel it. I think that they're going to do well. Like, I agree with you. The Jets are probably going to be the toughest. I think, uh, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are probably going to want a little bit of payback against them. Uh, you know, granted, the refs didn't really help us in that game. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Ducks are really going to be motivated for that one as well. And, uh, you know, also Edmonton and Calgary, the Ducks have played well against them additionally. So, you know, the the schedule looks favorable in the, in the rest of March, the way they're going to close it out. Um, you know, then come April, it's going to be a little bit more intense. You're going to have Dallas. You're going to have the Kings, Washington, Winnipeg again, uh, Colorado, who, you know, has just owned us this year. So hopefully we can turn that one around. But, uh, you know, I really think if the Ducks can uh, turn it on here and finish the month strong, then, you know, anything can happen with the last six games in April, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. And there are some tough games in there right now, and that's why you want to win these games this week. You know, you want to go against the, the, the teams that you should be beating, and you want to go in there and handle it pretty easily. And, you know, no game it, no game is easy in the NHL, but you know when you're playing these teams that are near the bottom of the standings and that are also struggling right now. I believe all four of these teams are, are below 500 um, in their last 10 games, so these are games you got to go into and you got to win. Um, so you have those games in hand uh, when you go into a tough game against Colorado, who who have done really well against us lately. And you know, like we said, the game against the Cap, it's uh, the Capitals, and the game against the Kings, where you've got tougher games. Where you know if you've won those games, you should have won. Uh, you you go you go into those games with a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, I agree. And you know what's tough too is uh, even though the Ducks are still chasing the Kings, don't forget the tiebreakers, the the regulation and overtime wins. And you know if you look at that right now, the Ducks are five behind the Kings. 
Kings have 41 regulation or overtime victories, and Ducks have 36. So not only is there 12 games left and the Ducks are four points behind, but it's almost like the Ducks are five points behind because, uh, you know, I, I don't see them winning, you know, five or six more games in regulation than the Kings unless the Kings just completely collapse in this next two, three weeks. So the Ducks are really going to have to be on it if they're going to take over first and, and then hope to play one of the wildcard teams. But, again, like we said, the Ducks just got to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, they played much better this week, uh, the, the week before, you know, had a few issues, but I think they'll be on track and do well. And uh, it'll just be interesting to see. I just really hope that they, you know, decide to go with uh, one goalie here uh, in the last couple of weeks and get healthy and, and then just go from there, Eddie. Yeah, and I think we got to look at the big picture too. We got to be happy that they're actually in the spot that they are at right now. You know, we look at the beginning of the season and we wondered, you know, would this team make the playoffs? I mean, that's how bad that start was. And, you know, obviously they turned it around and you look where they are now. I think we just got to be happy that, you know, the playoffs are a realistic thing. Um, I don't even think with a massive breakdown right now, it, it would, you'd pretty much have to lose every game uh, to, to get caught by one of those other Pacific Division teams like Vancouver, Arizona. So, you know, just looking at that uh, on the bright side, I mean, even if we don't win the Pacific Division, you know, you're still in the playoff spot and, and you're, you're playing so well right now. I don't think, I don't think anybody wants to play the Ducks in the first round. No, I agree. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. You know, some of the other news that uh, came out, too, is, you know, you see Dallas, they're over there in the Central uh, leading the division right now. But then th- the news came out that they just lost uh, Tyler Seguin uh, for three to four weeks, which, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out first in that division. And, and you know, in our fantasy uh, hockey league, which uh, you've been killing everybody, uh, I've been fighting out this week. I don't know if I'm going to win, but uh, I have Seguin on my team, so that kind of hurts me too. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Central too, Eddie. Yeah, and that's been a battle all year. I mean, we've we've got the teams that people thought were going to be a little bit stronger fighting back into it now. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche are coming back into the race, and you know they've actually picked up a serious injury too. As McKinnon is out, and nobody knows for how long right now. Don't know if it's long term or day to day. So that's a big blow for them if he's out long term and their playoff hopes. But you've got Minnesota still fighting over there. Uh, you know, Nashville's giving them a little bit of a cushion in that wild card spot, and then you've got the three juggernauts in, in the Stars and the the Blackhawks and the Blues, and you know those are teams nobody wants to face, and, and the race is alive for all of them to to win the Central Division and you know gain home ice advantage through the first few rounds. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. That's what it's going to be, people, and that's why we love hockey. It's going to be fun. Uh, this the races. I mean. I mean, obviously we're Ducks fans, but we also like to watch hockey of the other teams as well. And it's going to be exciting to see what happens here uh, in the next, you know, three four weeks uh, as uh, the season winds down and April approaches. Um, you know, some other news too around the league is you know the GMs got together, Eddie, and I know uh, we had kind of talked about this before. And uh, you know, there's some changes that they want to do, and it's kind of interesting. What do you think about all this? Uh, you know, some of the stuff they want to change on the power plays and, and the goalie pads and whatnot. What are, what are your thoughts on some of these uh, ideas? Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, possible rule changes getting discussed. I mean, there's also the, the possibility of the expansion draft, which we'll, we'll discuss in, in a little bit. But, you know, right now we, we have the goalie pads being the central issue. And, you know, at least for next season, we'll, we'll see some changes probably in the shoulder pads and, and the chest plate and, and, the, and the pants size. And, you know, I, I don't see too much issue with goal scoring. I, I mean... 
I mean, the Ducks just won 7-1, and I know that's not the consensus. There's a, the points are down in general for, for leading scorers, you know, and there's not too many guys who are going to get over 100 this season, you know, if any other than Patrick Kane. So uh, I can see in that aspect how, how goal scoring has gone down. But, you know, it, 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 there are some goalies who are taking advantage of it, and it's a tough situation. I mean, they are going to make changes. Um, and it's going to affect some goalies more than others. And, and, you know, it really hits home with the Ducks if they do decide to keep Anderson. Uh, you know, a guy like Anderson who's a more stand-up kind of goalie, he uses his size. Uh, you know, taking that a little bit of that away from him could affect him. And then, uh, you know, you look at Gibson, who's more of an athletic goalie. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to affect him as much because uh, he doesn't really use his size as much as he uses his athletic ability. So it's an interesting situation, and it'll be, it'll be cool to see how it, it really changes the way goalies play. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of, of them changing it, but I understand if there's guys abusing it and, and they're wearing, you know, extra large pads and extra large jerseys and all these other things. I get it. You got to have some kind of line uh, drawn to where these guys aren't going to, you know, go overboard and whatnot. So I get it from that standpoint. As far as the scoring goes, I, you know, I, I love the sport the way it is right now. I don't really think there's an issue with the scoring, and they kind of brought up the issue of the power plays too. They, the you know, kind of going along the the line of scoring, is that they want to see uh, some ideas that have come up. These aren't for sure yet, but they had talked about doing away with icing uh, when you're on the penalty kill, and also making um, power plays basically you can score at will, just like a five minute major. Well, that would be a two minute power play or a four minute double minor, whatever, um, and some other ideas to obviously get more offense going. And I don't like those ideas either. I'm just leave the special teams play the way it is. So um, that's something that I, I hope that they don't do, Eddie. Yeah, and, and you know they talk about a lot of things at these meetings, and and I think right now the only thing that is actually going to happen is some change to the goalie's pad size. I, I mean, you know, changing the the penalty kill so you can't ice the puck is is a pretty major change. You know, if you think about it, and it really limits what you can do on the on the penalty kill. And I don't think it's something that a lot of GMs probably agreed to i think they, they'd like to keep it the same it's not something you really have to change i mean all the rules that they're looking at they're just trying to to find ways to to make goal scoring happen more often and i think they'll start with the goalie pads they'll see how much that affects goal scoring uh if it doesn't they'll revisit you know making the nets bigger because uh, we're looking at the size of goalies increasing you look at ben bishop and pecca Rene, those guys are are over six six so i i mean that could also be an issue um, and, and, you know, if having the power play where you can score at will, that's another one that I don't think a lot of people would be in for. They're just looking for more options to in- increase goal scoring, you know, league-wide. Yeah, exactly, and they keep talking about it. And, you know, this isn't going to go away. Um, I, I guess the only other thing I do like is the cameras. They're going to have more of those, uh, you know, in the uh, the playoff teams uh, as far as, you know, determining the reviews involving the goals. Eddie. And, and that's one thing I'm really big on because, you know, we've seen these games in the playoffs – uh, you know, a big one was Chicago and, and the Kings uh, in the Western Conference Final a couple of years ago. There were some goals there scored by LA where, I'm sorry, they were actually offsides. And, uh, you know, these cameras should probably help uh, in those reviews with the offsides and whether or not the puck goes over the goal line. Yeah, and really, I think they've done a good job so far with the you know the goal crease cams and being able to see if a puck actually crosses the line. I think they've done a good job with that all season. But it it is the offside calls which have have become an issue and really a central discussions for for GMs at the GM meetings and you know installing those blue line cameras in the playoffs into all arenas for playoff teams is really a trial run and it's going to see if it improves it. And I think it will. I mean, having that angle available to to Toronto, we might not see that in game, but having that 
available to the guys who who are making the decision and, and you know dealing that decision out to the referees um, is it, big for them, and I think it's going to make a huge difference in, in, in ensuring that the right call is made. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent And uh, those are you know the things that are coming up now. If something else comes up, obviously we'll keep you abreast of the situation when some other things are are updated or changed or whatnot. Um, you know, I guess uh, today's also an anniversary too that you wanted to talk about, Eddie. As far as uh, hockey goes, uh, something about uh, you know games being played earlier than normal uh, happened on this date sometime in the past. Yeah, I saw it on NHL.com. It was uh, this day in history. It was the the first afternoon game or day game um, in, in NHL history to to occur, and it was between the Chicago Blackhawks and Detroit Red Wings all the way back in, in 1933, if I if I remember correctly. So. You know, we've been seeing them a lot of those games on Sundays and Saturdays and weekends where, I mean, the Ducks have to end up playing uh, well, at 2.30 or 3.30 my time and probably earlier for you guys, sometimes at noon. So, uh, I mean, th- that's where it all started. I kind of saw the NHL.com today and, and thought that was, that was pretty cool. And uh, one other little bit of news, too, uh, in the NHL is the expansion draft. You know, we had a couple questions about that, too. Uh, people are worried about, uh, you know, protecting players and whatnot, what's going to happen. Because if you remember... When the then Mighty Ducks and the Florida Panthers came into the league in 1993, they had an expansion draft. And what happened is each team was allowed to protect a set number of forwards, defensemen, and goalies. And uh, that's actually how the Ducks were able to get Guy Bear. They snatched him away from another team. So a lot of people were concerned about this um, with the expansion draft, Eddie, and, and the Ducks losing players. Um, I, you know, I'm not too worried about it because you know, I don't think it's going to happen for a couple seasons. But uh, are, are you worried or is there anybody that, you know, you'd be uh, concerned that if, um, you know, when the draft uh, goes into effect and, and they lose uh, maybe, you know, one or two players to uh, the Vegas team or one of the other teams? Well, I, I mean, a lot of people are, are concerned right now. And, I, you know, I, you have to remember that this doesn't happen until as early as next season's draft. So you have to look at some of the guys that we probably won't have. Uh, you know, th- this kind of influences the situation with the goalies is, is you know, you, maybe you don't want to sign Freddie Anderson. Uh, this season and, and, and risk losing him to nothing to to an expansion team. It adds a little bit more, you know, an element to, to the decision on that trade. So maybe you deal him in the off season and you don't have to worry about it. And I, I think that's our big issue right now is, I mean, nobody wants to lose Freddie for nothing. And, and honestly, I would love to see him stay at the team. I, I think he's a, a number one goalie, but you know, with, with Gibby playing well as uh, right now for the ducks, I, I think, you know, you don't want to, you can't protect two goalies. You only protect seven forwards, uh, three defensemen and, and uh, one goalie, and none of them have a no move clause, which is is something that's still being worked on. If you can protect it, so you know th- there's a chance that you're gonna ha- lose one of them, and we're gonna protect Gibby because of his age. So, you know, if Freddie's uh, on the goaltender side is a guy you might want to move before that that decision comes around. And you know the Ducks have depth too, and and a new franchise team is gonna be looking for them, and you know a guy who might be on the move. Uh, come the the expansion time to to you know most likely a team in Vegas is Simon Dupre and, and you know you look at the Ducks are probably going to uh, try and keep Fowler Lindholm if Votnin is still with the team he'll he'll be a guy that's there as well that they'll look to keep and and that opens the door to a guy like Simon Dupre going to an expansion team as, as he'd be one of the you know the prize assets available to to a team looking for a good young defenseman um, as for forwards I think it's not too big of an issue. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of guys with no move clause. Get, gets off Perry, uh, Cogliano, Kessler. If no move clauses end up being automatic, uh, you know, automatic safety for teams, the Ducks don't have to worry about, um, you know, protecting those guys. So then you can focus on some of the depth guys. You know, you can protect Raquel, 
Uh, you, you can protect uh, Silverberg and other guys, and I think they'd be okay uh, in four depths. I think you, the, the big issue here is, is moving Freddie before you lose him for nothing. Yeah, I agree, and, and that's a concern. You know, some fans have brought that up to my attention at the games this week about Anderson and, and uh, the offseason. I mean, obviously, we got to worry about the rest of this season of playoffs, but, you know, just for argument's sake now, part of the issue is the Ducks, uh, they stay under the cap. And they, you know, you see this all the time. They stay under seven, eight, nine million, somewhere in that range, uh, usually at any given time. Uh, so if the Ducks did want to keep Anderson, um, they'd have to, you know, go out and spend the money. I mean, they're most likely going to try to keep Lindholm and Raquel. We've talked about this. Those are probably the biggest two RFAs that they're going to try and keep. But if they wanted to play closer to the cap, they could try to keep Anderson. Um, but it's going to be difficult. I mean, he's. He's worth four or five million at least to some other team for sure. So, I mean, you got Gibson for two point three the next couple seasons, which is relatively inexpensive for a starting goalie, uh, especially one of his caliber. So, there's going to be some big decisions that are going to have to be made by Murray in the summer, and I do not envy him at all uh, after this season's over, Eddie. Yeah, and you got to look at it from this point too. Is Freddie's value is higher than it it might ever be at, at this time right now? I mean, we you mentioned the stats where he is right now. Possibly he'll be the the Ducks goalie going into the postseason, and, and if he leads them to a Stanley Cup, I mean his value will be as high as it will ever be. And you know, imagine the return the Ducks get for him. I, I mean, right now their prospect pool isn't as deep as it is with with a lot of guys being promoted. Obviously, Richie Raquel, uh, Theodore Montour on his way. So I mean, they've got to add some more forward prospects to the mix and, and the package that you could get for a legitimate number one goalie, possibly a goalie that leads you to a Stanley Cup. I mean, it would be tough to let him go, but uh, it's a tough situation for the GM, and re-signing him creates a lot of problems down the road. So I think selling him high and getting such a high reward for him benefits the Ducks in all ways. I agree, and then that may be what happens. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, for now, we'll watch the Ducks and see them compete. You know, in, in the Pacific Division, see how they uh, do if they end up in first or second. Most likely, we hope um, as the season winds down. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow uh, we'll be at El Ranchito in Orange to watch the Winnipeg Jets and the Ducks at uh, twelve o'clock. Uh, hopefully, you can join us there. We got a lot of uh, good giveaways and fun. Um, we're also giving away uh, two tickets to Fan Appreciation Night. Uh, if you listen to the podcast uh, last week, we uh, had a key word on there, and we have a key word this week. Uh, the word is CUP, C-U-P. Uh, again, the word is CUP for this show. And then the next show, we'll have a word, and you put all three together in a phrase, and then you just email it to us at info at ducksandpucks.com. That'll get you entered in um, to win those two tickets, which their aisle seats uh, decide that the Ducks attack twice um, when the Ducks play the Jets in April. Uh, not Not this week, obviously. So... Look for that. Uh, we also got another second pair of tickets as well, which we're going to do a different kind of giveaway for those. So I'll be putting that out probably in the next week or two uh, after we give away this set. Um, so there's some good giveaways. And, you know, that game's a fun game. You get to go there and get some um, free stuff, hopefully. They, you know, the Ducks give away a lot of stuff in that game, which is, you know, just a fun event for anybody that's uh, gone on fan appreciation night. And uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for the show this week. Um, we'll be back next week and, and you know, hopefully we'll see where the Ducks are at uh, maybe they're in first or second Eddie but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes next week <laughs>